This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. Michael Pelka sitting in for my friend Glenn Beck. Happy New Year. I, I was earlier speaking about New Year's resolutions, and I don't make them. But I have wishes for the New Year's. I wish companies would stop sending endless requests for surveys after you've used their service. You're going to hear it was fine until everything went wrong, and then you'll hear from me. That's kind of the way I'd like to look at things. And as a company, maybe these companies could could understand that. I'm talking about one particular travel company that sells discounted fares and packages who wants to know, they ask you one question, and when you click on the question to say, yes, I had a good trip, or no, I didn't. Then you're taken into a rabbit hole and you swirl down this rabbit hole where they ask you 45 other questions. Or if you're going to take my time, at least offer me something. If you want to know my opinion, my detailed opinion, give me, how about a little something, you know, for the effort. Anyway, I'm not talking about Travelocity, although I am talking about Travelocity. Because they just keep sending me so many surveys. When it's bad, you hear. That's generally the rule. And I have to to tell you, I think uh, we were talking earlier on the show with Pete Kasparowitz from the Washington Examiner. And we were, Pete and I were talking about Donald Trump and how he, uh, Sean Spicer, has said that Mr. Trump does not intend to totally put down the Twitter. He's going to be tweeting a whole lot more. And I likened it to uh, the fireside chats from FDR because I think it's Trump's way of getting around the press interpreting what he says. Uh, They'll eventually spin his tweets anyway. And so, as we saw with New Year's Eve, and he, he said his little greeting to his enemies which I thought was pretty bizarre, but there it is. But um, Sean Spicer 
was on with John Carl this weekend. And in the, in the course of the interview, the subject came up about Trump's tweeting. And it, it got interesting. I think you'll hear what I was talking about in terms of Trump and Spicer basically telling the mainstream media it's not going to be like it was. You know, with all due respect, I think it freaks the mainstream media out that he has this following of over 45 plus million people that follow him on social media that he can have a direct conversation. Yeah. He doesn't have to have it funneled through the media. This is the this is going to be a business as usual is over, as I've said before. There's a new sheriff in town. He's going to do things first and foremost for the American. So people. we're still going to see a lot of Twitter. As you're going to see absolutely. You're going to see Twitter. Why he said he was well, he had said on 60 Minutes that he was going to. No, cut you back. know what? The fact of the matter is, is that when he tweets, he gets results. So whether it's Twitter, holding a news conference, picking up the phone, having a meeting. He okay. go, he is going to make sure that he continues to fight for the American people every single day. A bottom line: Are you going to have regular White House press briefings? Absolutely, some way. You know, some of them will be on camera, some of them will be off. But absolutely, we understand the importance. So of no the press more br- daily televised press. No, no, briefings? No, uh, no decisions have been made, but we're looking at every single facet of government and figuring out: Can we do better? We'll sit down with the White House Correspondents Center, I've, our, our Correspondents Association. I've already had reporters reach out and say, "Hey, we've got some ideas." This isn't. A, this is about. We understand that we have a message to get out and successes to, that we want the American people to understand. So we'll use every tool possible. And absolutely, we'll sit down and make sure that on a daily basis, the press is informed. And regular presidential press conferences. Absolutely. That, that said a whole lot, Sean Spicer and John Carl, talking about Donald Trump and what he intends to do. I think this is something to watch in the future. Trump is the guy who showed the Democrats and the Republicans how to use social media to your advantage. He's got 45 million plus followers who will be hearing from him. Interesting. We'll get back to that. And I want to talk more about what's going on. A, a few folks are uh, calling in and, uh, and accusing me of uh, some very interesting things. Rachel in Ohio. Rachel, you, you said I'm, I'm a what? A socialist. How do you figure I'm a socialist? Because socialists all spend their money the same way. They're only allowed to do certain things with them. It has nothing to do with the dog. No, the I, didn't, York, I, didn't, I didn't tell them they couldn't spend that money. But see, for you to judge them yeah. that they're not sane because they've spent this money, this, it's their money. Sure, it's I just pointed money. out, I didn't point it's out. A I, legal thing. I could have said it's two Teslas. And if it were in my wallet, I would say, let's put the dog out of its misery because it's obviously not a healthy dog. Let's get another dog. Let's go rescue a dog and buy but two it's Teslas. It's a free country. They can I know. spend their money however. I'm not a socialist. So for you I can judge them. Yeah, that's called being human. Are we not allowed to have opinions? The First Amendment allows me to have an opinion you and allows you to disagree with it. Uh, and the Bible says, judge not lest you be judged. You're judging me. You just before. You just judged uh-huh. me. You you judged me to be a socialist. And I will be forgiven because I will ask for it. <laughs> I will be, too. <laughs> <laughs> but let them spend their money, however. Well, now it's interesting. Um, the majority of that money came from an insurance policy. And I well, wonder. That's the way it's set up. I don't agree with insurance. In fact, you know, our quote unquote Obamacare insurance is an insurance now because all it is is paying off the government. That's All true. we do is, you know, because we are up to 6500 out of pocket. Well, if you don't have a catastrophic issue, you're not going to spend 6500 bucks a year. So that means your insurance, quote unquote, is never going to cover what you're paying for your health care. 
You're absolutely right. So, thank you, thank you, Rachel, and uh, say hi to your governor. He's an interesting cat. No, Kasich. Oh, we're gone. Okay, Jan in Canada, you work with an animal rescue? Good for you. I appreciate that, Jan. Yes, I do. And um, I have a couple in my home at the moment that are um, mostly, well, actually one who is very elderly. And I know that it's going to be coming very, very close that I'm going to have to make a decision about this gal. Um, We're kind of like a lot of small rescues. We run on a very, very um, short budget. We have to raise funds. We have to account for the money that that we take. We have to report and show how the money is spent as I'm sure you know that from, from your own experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 can, I can understand what you're saying about the fact that, well, you know, you could get a, a, a healthier animal and you could uh, perhaps um, give a home to a dog or a cat, even if uh, that wouldn't have a good home. But on the other hand, I agree with Rachel. I think if it's your money, I think, I think people are getting really tired about how they should be spending their money. If they're not taking uh, food out of the mouths of, I don't know if they have children, I don't know the situation, and if they're able to pay their rent and their bills and everything like that, then I definitely think they should be allowed to spend their money any way they choose, even if it seems frivolous to some people. You're absolutely right. I'm just saying that for my, in my opinion... This seemed a little out there. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm one of those guys who's saying, no, you have to make a rational decision. And, and Pete Kasparowitz was calling me out saying, you know, you're, that's, that's love you're getting in the way of. And I said, well, the head and the heart need to work together sometimes. Now, I absolutely agree with you. I, you know, I don't think you were wrong, and I don't think he was wrong. Um, and I, like I said, Rachel has said the same thing about if it's their money. Now, if you're going to put yourself into debt... If you're going to have to start taking money from the government, which nobody wants to do if they can possibly avoid it, then yes, then you're really going down the wrong track. Um, if, you, if you're well able to afford it and nobody else is going to be, um, you're not going to be able to you know, look after your family or your children, it's, it's a little kooky. But, um, you know, we have a lot. We're all supposed to be about free choice now. Um, yep. So <laughs> well, I, I, I think possibly uh, these people, their heart's in the right place. It's a, it's a good chance that this poor little dog isn't going to survive anyway. And if they do, I hope they feel that the money was well spent, at least in the attempt to save it. But um, you're absolutely right. There are so many animals out there that do need good homes, healthy yeah, we, animals. We hear them in the background with you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have this uh, wobble wag giggle ball, and um, they're just having a fun. <laughs> well, uh, you're you're doing great work, Jan, and we appreciate you. Canada yeah. is America's favorite suburb. I've always said so. Uh, I said we could always Alberta <laughs> and uh, and the states could possibly join together. <laughs> I'm not opposed to it. I, I like no. the weather and the skiing. So thank you very yeah, much. Well, we've Have got a, a balmy minus 20 at the moment with sunshine. So if you're a skier, <laughs> if you like the outdoors, then uh, come aboard. You got it. Thanks so much, Jan. Have a great day. Chris in and Michigan. Happy to you. Thank you. Chris in Michigan has a comment on the uh, puppy story. Chris, you know, um, uh, well, go, go ahead. Am I a horrible person in your mind, too? No, no. In fact, I need to see if I can get asylum. Where? What is this country you're moving to that you know the president? Oh, Liberland. Liberland. I need asylum because I'm with you, man. This is, you know, it, it's so funny because 
just two weeks ago, no, it was probably a week ago, right before Christmas, somebody, one of my friends on Facebook put a GoFundMe page because their dog was very, very old and was terminal. And, and instead of doing, you know, what I think is the responsibility of a pet owner, you know, you, you made that pet your pet, not my pet. You made that pet your pet, and now you're deferring your uh, financial cost to everybody else. You know, right, right before Christmas, and I'm sure they, I'm sure they raised a few thousand dollars. And and I do agree with with the two ladies that you know it's their money. You could spend it on whatever you want, sure. but we need to put this stuff in context. You know, th- this is a pet. This there isn't any dog. I, I we just put a newfie down this last year, and it, and it broke our heart. But, and and but she had she had uh, bone cancer, and there was nothing we could do about it. And we yeah. and, you know we we waited until she uh, until we didn't think that that sh- the pain could be managed anymore, and we just we had to put her down. And it um, breaks our heart. My daughter's still crying. I can so tell that, you that's, where that's, I was on May 11th when I had to make the call to say goodbye to our little Gracie after 17 years. So no, no, man, I understand it. It it nope. it tears your heart out, but you also have to understand that, as you said, you we have to. I think there's got to be a balance between the brain and the heart, and sometimes yep, you said that. That's sometimes perfect. it's it's just not that easy to do. It's just not that yep. easy to do, Chris. Well, Chris, um, April thirteenth is the second anniversary of the founding of Liberland. Uh, it's Jefferson's birthday. That's why they're doing it, and they're because it's a Jeffersonian-based uh, republic, and uh, the there will be a real place. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Liberland, L I B E R L A N D. It's a carpenters there. It's a they might. It's a libertarian state that is emerging, and I have talked about it endlessly, and. We will talk more about it, but I, I thank you for your call, Chris, and thank you for listening to the show today. Now, uh, Gene in Pennsylvania, I will get to you uh, because I want to talk about um, I want to talk about minimum wage after the break, and Matt uh, in Virginia about no kill shelters. I've got a minute, Matt in Virginia. Uh, I'm a huge fan of the no kill shelters. We work to get rid of the gas chamber uh, in several states, and I know some states still have it. So uh, I'm with you on this. At least I, I hope you're uh, you're a uh, guy who doesn't uh, support. No, you're not going to like my call, Ben. Oh boy! I, I think it's uh, you talk about irrational. I think it's irrational. I live the city I live in. There are feral cats at different businesses around town, behind the Dollar General, nursing homes, all kind of things. And if you try to get rid of those feral cats, the no-kill shelters will tell you: trap them, bring them in, we'll neuter and spade them, and then you have to re-release them where you caught them. They take feral cats who are never going to be tamed and just spread disease to kill birds that cause all kinds of problems. Just hanging around dumpsters and will not put them down. Well, you've opened up a whole. You've opened up a whole additional can of worms here, sir. And uh, I'm I'm not in disagreement with. Yeah, real quick. No kill shelters. It's full of cats, and seventy percent of the dogs are pit bulls or pit bull mixes. Yeah, but a lot of those, a lot of, the, I'm a believer in rehabbing those dogs, and and we're going to do more on the uh, group out in Cal- in Colorado that does help those dogs. Pay attention for that one. I I tweeted out a link to uh, their their web page. I I'm up against a wall. I want to come back and talk about minimum wage, and I got to talk to Gene and PA. That's next on the Glenn Beck program. The Glenn Beck program. 
Stream the show live on iHeartRadio or listen later on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play Music. Mercury. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. Triple eight seven two seven back. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mike Opelka from Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Networks, uh, weeknights from seven to ten p.m. Uh, sitting in for Glenn Beck. And the Glenn Beck program, the entire crew back tomorrow. We were we were talking about um, a few things, including the couple in Brooklyn with one hundred and fifty five thousand dollars in vet bills for a sick puppy. But I also mentioned that nineteen states in America, nineteen different states, raised their minimum wage uh, effective yesterday. For example. Uh, Fast food workers in New York will see a minimum wage go to uh, 11 bucks in New York City, 10 bucks in the downstate suburbs, uh, 9.70 elsewhere. Small businesses around the city will uh, increase their minimum wage to 10.50 for city employees. But there are there are states all across the country who raise their minimum wage. I think this is a local local deal, not a national deal. And uh, I don't I don't know where she stands on it or uh, if if it's something uh, we agree on. But Gene in Pennsylvania has a thought on this. And and Gene, welcome to the Glenn Beck program. Good morning. Oh, Gene, a a fellow. Excuse me, Gene. That's okay. Um, the, The minimum wage was originally created because employers were abusing um employees back in the 50s and 60s when it came around. And it was something that was designed for starter jobs. This is where we we lose sight of things. And, of course, our government hasn't helped because they've put more people in a position where they have to take starter jobs to try to exist um, than should. It was meant to be the pay for the first-time job hunter. And what you're going to find is you're going to find businesses such as McDonald's, Burger King, Wendy's, and the rest of them are going to automate their drive-through by putting a touchscreen terminal, most likely, outside. You'll select what you want. When you get up to the window, they're going to put the pay machine, such as you have as Home Depot and Lowe's and others that use the self-checkouts. Yep. And you'll drive up to the window, and then you may have a human being hand you your order. The same thing is going to go inside. Um, This is typical of government. I've had hanging in my office for at least the last 35 years 
a sign that says politics is the art of looking for trouble, finding it everywhere, diagnosing it incorrectly and applying the wrong remedies. Gene, you are spot on. I'm up against a hard wall. Just want to make a quick correction. The minimum wage that from the federal point of view came into effect in 1938, it was 25 cents an hour. If we adjusted for inflation, it would be $4.13 an hour today. And yet our minimum wage is nearly double that on the federal level. So think about it. I see it as a state's rights issue. States should be the ones to set it. Michael Pelka for Glenn Beck on the Glenn Beck Program. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. Opelka is my name. I am here for the remainder of this show, and then Glenn will be back tomorrow. The Glenn Beck program in the 2017 edition returns, and Glenn has promised a promised a lot of uh, new things, and he gave you a little hint this morning. I don't know if you followed him on Twitter, but he talked about a book and suggested you download it and read at least the 11th chapter. I will tell you, I did that at 5 o'clock this morning, and I'm happy I did. Now I'm going back to read the rest of the book. It was a book that was written a long time ago and discovered just a few years ago by the son of the man who wrote it. And there are some fascinating parallels to today. Uh, Earlier we were talking about um, my questioning of a Brooklyn couple who have spent not all of their money, but they've spent tens of thousands of dollars keeping a young puppy dog, Jones, the French bulldog, alive. And, and I, I question the wisdom. Not going not gonna to be shy about it. I'm a guy who works with, with dogs, rescues dogs, has rescued dogs in the past, and will rescue dogs in the future. And some people question my wisdom. Uh, Marilyn's in South Dakota. She's calling in on the puppy. I don't know which side of the argument you're on, Marilyn, but welcome to the Glenn Beck program. Hi, I totally agree with you. And I love dogs. I grew up with German Shepherds and Cocker Spaniels and we had cats and we've had to put dogs and cats down and it's heartbreaking. And pets, though, you know, I believe they're God's gift. I mean, they're I call them God's jesters and they're they are there for a reason, and we need to be good stewards and take care of them. It doesn't mean we leave them freezing out in the cold, which we see some things like that in South Dakota. But I guess my problem with all of this is that money. And, I, yeah, the lady said people can spend their money how they like, but I'll guarantee you the same people who you have that excuse will will criticize, you know, the rich corporations or whatever. And the thing that I, that really bothers me is that how many of these pet owners, any pet owner, I mean, even if we spend $50 a month on our pets, 
how many of us actually give to human needs the same amount of money? Charities. There are a lot of people that I know who call their pets children, which I don't agree with their kids. They're not those. Um, and and anyway, why would they go do a GoFundMe about something like this and not pay for human starving babies? So I think it's a perverse form of love if it's love. Well, you know, it, it is. Um, you bring up a great point when people talk about their their pets as their kids, and we have for years, decades, seen humans distancing themselves from other humans, and I think that's where a lot of this started. It's easier to communicate with a pet than it is with a person. A pet will give you undying love, and they typically do. And, of course, there's a little maintenance and there's a little work to re- be required to make sure they're fed and healthy, etc. But it's different with other people. There's a lot more work dealing with people. But I also think we need to teach people there's a lot more reward on, on pushing for human contact. Uh, Indeed. So, I'm a big I'm a big fan of that, and I, I certainly appreciate you weighing in. It's a tough one. Again, uh, Marilyn, I'm I'm a guy who May 11th. I know the time, the place, the date. I had to say goodbye to our little Gracie, and I had to make the call. And it's not a call I ever want to have to make again, but probably will, because yeah. that's that's what life is about, and it was the right thing to do. But thank you so much, and I hope you have a great New Year, my friend. Well, you know. I'm watching in the corner of the studio here in the uh, free speech bunker, the constitutionally protected free speech bunker in Delaware. I'm watching President Obama arrive back from his vacation. And uh, the final vacation, the hundred millionth dollar spent on President Obama's vacations. I know a president deserves vacations. I I just want to know why all of them seem to avoid Camp David. And if we don't want Camp David, then let's get rid of it. Remember, Mar-a-Lago used to be the Southern White House until Jimmy Carter gave it back. And look who's in there now. A little bit of irony there. But as I'm watching Obama, I'm reminded that Valerie Jarrett said something this weekend that made me scratch my head. Valerie Jarrett on President Obama. The president prides himself on the fact that his administration hasn't had a scandal and that he hasn't done anything to embarrass himself. But that's not because um, he's being someone other than who he is. That's because that's who he is. That's who they are. And I think that's what really resonates with the American people. Hmm. No scandals. No scandals in this administration. Benghazi. Uh, I think how Benghazi uh, happened and was handled, a little bit of a scandal. How about the story that we broke nationally on TheBlaze.com, the IRS targeting of conservative organizations? Lois Lerner directed the IRS's exempt organizations unit and admitted that the Tea Party organizations were targeted by them. Hmm. Not a scandal, I guess. How about the DOJ, Obama's DOJ, uh, seizing the Associated Press phone records, as well as phone and email records from James Rosen at Fox? How about that? Was that a scandal? How about the NSA just grabbing all the data they could? Was that a scandal? How about Hillary's email servers? 
I know. She worked in the State Department, but guess who she worked for? Remember that river in Colorado that, that had that massive poisoning of it? That's Obama's EPA. Is that not a scandal? They mistakenly let that happen. Oh, and let's not forget Fast and Furious. Was that not a scandal of this administration? And as much as I love them, the Secret Service had a little bit of a scandal during this administration. So for Valerie Jarrett to say that this is, this is a scandal-free administration, eight years that the Obama administration was in office without a scandal, is about as, uh, it's about as honest as if you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor, which we all know was declared the lie of the year. So, Valerie Jarrett, no, you don't get to say that. And just because you say it and the mainstream media repeats it doesn't mean it's true. Now, tomorrow, as I mentioned earlier, tomorrow, um, tomorrow we have uh, Congress gaveling into session. And we expect to see uh, a whole lot of pomp and circumstance tomorrow, but then the real work will get started after January 20th when the president is sworn in. Hopefully I'll be there in the crowd. I think I got press credentials, but we'll, we'll find out. Maybe we'll do a live Puro Pelka from the uh, inauguration. But Mr. Trump is also telling us Tuesday and Wednesday are going to be busy days for him. Yesterday he was, uh, not yesterday, but New Year's Eve, he was out in front of Mar-a-Lago and held an impromptu press conference and talked a little bit about the hacking and about uh, when he's going to be talking about the hacking and his briefing from the intelligence community. Well, I just want them to be sure, because it's a pretty serious charge, and I want them to be sure. And if you look at the weapons of mass destruction, that was a disaster, and they were wrong. And so I want them to be sure. I think it's unfair if they don't know. And I know a lot about hacking, and hacking is a very hard thing to prove. So it could be somebody else. And I also know things that other people don't know. So Mr. Trump was talking about the hacking, and I thought that was a pretty smart move to say, let's not forget the weapons of mass destruction and how everybody was damn sure that Saddam Hussein had weapons of mass destruction. And then we all know what a disaster that turned out to be in terms of the cost of uh, precious human lives, American lives, and as well as the cost to, to run that war. So I, I think that was a pretty smart move. But I, I always get nervous when, when Mr. Trump says stuff like, well, I know things people don't know. Well, that, that makes me think two things. Do you think you're the smartest guy in the room because we've had that for eight years and it didn't work out really well? Or... Did somebody give you some classified intelligence that you shouldn't be talking about? Because if that's the case, you got to, Mr. Trump, you got to put that back in the bottle, put the cork in it and, and sit it down. It's just not smart. But we'll apparently Tuesday and Wednesday, we're going to hear from the president elect. And I hope he talks more on this because this is this is the main thing that the snowflakes have been chanting about for the last two weeks is the hacking, the hacking, the hacking, the hacking. And I always say, it's not a hack 
when somebody like Podesta responds to a phishing email and gives up his password and his ID. That's just called keeping grandpa away from the computer. It's a smart idea. Michael Pelka in for Glenn Beck. When we get back, we will wrap up today's show. I got a couple of final thoughts here for you. No, not Tommy Laren final thoughts. My own final thoughts. And uh, have you have you got a snowflake in your life who needs something special to help them get through the inauguration? I've got an answer for you, and we'll share it with you next on the Glenn Beck Program. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. Opelka is my name, wrapping up my two-day stint sitting in on the Glenn Beck program. Thank you, Glenn. Thank you, Dom. Thank you, everybody in Dallas for supporting me and making this happen. I appreciate it. If you like what you heard, tune in weeknights, 7 to 10 p.m. on the Blaze Radio Network. And follow me on Twitter at StuntBrain or follow me on the Blaze. You just click on uh, channels and my little channels down there, and you can get all kinds of fun stuff. Um I got a couple of things I need to make you aware of. We are going to be aggressively in 2017 watching for fake news. For example, over the weekend, a lot of the mainstream media was spinning and screaming with its hair on fire saying, oh, my God, the Russians hacked into our power grid through a Vermont electric company. Well, no, no, they didn't. There was a a laptop that got hit by a a hacker attempt, a laptop that wasn't connected to the power grid. So, no, that wasn't a story. And also the story about the guy that wrote the book about Trump 20-plus years ago that made Trump angry was playing golf at Mar-a-Lago this weekend, and there was an initial story saying Trump had him thrown off the course and had his entire foursome thrown off the course by his security detail, And the foursome included billionaire David Koch. Well, David Koch said, hold on, no, that's fake news. That didn't happen that way. They asked the author to leave because he and Trump had some tension. And Koch said, we came here as a foursome, we'll leave as a foursome, which I think is pretty cool. That's good loyalty. But no, fake news again. Let's try and pull the drama back and highlight the facts going forward in 2017. And speaking of the facts, uh, I think there's a a young lady on the phone. It's not Joan. Is it Martha from New York? Carol from New York is on with us. Carol, I've only got like a minute and a half left. How are you? Welcome to the Glenn Beck Show. Thank you. I was uh, thinking about the age of the dog. If the dog was a little puppy and these, you know, expenses are coming up you might want to have it put to sleep but also if it was an older dog that you've been attached to for some years you know it's kind of hard to but um i also wonder how much money these people have and maybe they do invest it in other programs with animals and people also hopefully they do they can spend that kind on a 
an animal. That's all good points. Now, most of them, the lion's share of the $155,000 to keep this puppy alive came from an insurance policy, but tens of thousands came from their own pockets. They did have to dip into their savings. It's a horrible tragedy when you have to look at a suffering animal and try and make that decision whether or not you want to keep them or whether or not you want to have them put down. I know because we made that decision last May. It's, uh, it's very personal, but I, and I do, I'm not telling these people how to spend their money. I just question the wisdom because, and, and someone's going to tell me I'm cold and calloused, but there's a lot of dogs available for adoption. And that $155,000 could have put two Teslas in the driveway and taken a lot of carbon pollution out of the air. I'm just saying people, I'm just saying Mike Opelka is my name. You can catch me weeknights, Monday through Friday. 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. on the Blaze Radio Network, and Saturday mornings from 6 to 9 a.m., uh, plus the other stuff you'll hear me doing in and around the Blaze. Today starts my sixth year with the Blaze. Actually, wraps up my sixth year, starts my seventh. Bad at math. Mike Opelka saying thank you again. Glenn Beck, Pat, Stu, and Jeffy as the Beaver will be here tomorrow. Testudo, my friends. Testudo. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury.